1: hello and welcome to the 225th episode of the slow ride podcast this is your 2018 schwammigan fat tire festival showdown winner tim super rookie hayes
2: in orlando florida as matt in minneapolis i'm nothing
3: uh this is spencer in boston massachusetts guys i'm on top of the world
2: Really, I'm kind of down low at the bottom, feeling kind of crappy today. Why you, Spencer? Spencer. Yeah, what do you mean by on top of
1: the world?
3: I'm on top of the world. I'm just things are things are good, you guys. Things are looking up. Uh, It's uh, spring training season. Um, You know, getting in the base miles. It is. uh, We're looking forward to the spring classics right around the corner. We got. a tour down under, uh, on the radar, we've got all this stuff. Just, just we're, we're days away. It seems like from road season,
1: you know, you almost had me there for a little bit and I got to admit, it's good to get back on the pod, get back into the things. And I've listened to the last few episodes. Um, and I've also listened to, uh, the review podcast episodes that have been up, um, kind of checking in. You get, you guys didn't burn the house down while I was gone. Um, I'm stoked on that. No, we didn't take but the I trash out. But I gotta admit,
0: though.
1: you didn't take the trash no, out. No, there's a
2: bit. <laughs> it's, don't go and don't go into the kitchen. That's kind of messy too.
3: Yeah, don't open the yeah. closet.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm a yeah. It, but I I will say that uh, you guys had a good couple of episodes, you know. But I was a little disappointed by the lack of Japan Cup talk.
3: Mm-hmm. The well, six, the sixth monument.
1: Yeah,
0: it's wow. true.
3: We did want to save that. Well, you know, we do have some respect in this house. There's a lot of trash. Don't open the closet. But also in this house, we do respect each other, and we know the Japan Cup is is you know near and dear to your heart. So we did Not want just to save that. To event. my heart,
1: to the international cycling like world, it's it's a big event.
2: Right, it's big ish.
3: So what did ish? you what did you have to say about it?
2: Tim? Yeah, who won? Do well, you remember? <laughs> first well a couple of things pop quiz I want to get... who won no no tell me now before you can google the results <laughs>
3: it, and not the crit on on friday or whatever it was
2: it was the guy from uh <laughs> it, it's
1: the guy with a really good last name his last name was power i don't i don't remember what ah, time yes. he was
3: on. rob power. but he, he had
1: the watts and i rob remember power like, making the joke
3: on yellow Robert Lalo. power um yeah. Who is so close to uh, Homer Simpson's fake name that he got off a hairdryer dryer uh, all those years ago of Max Power? <laughs> yeah. That would be the best cycling name ever. But Rob Power, pretty close. Yeah. it's a pretty good
1: name, I guess. That the it's not Max Power good, but uh, I get. Let me say this: I, we don't need to go into detail about the whole race, mm-hmm. but the tw- the Japan Cup Twitter feed may oh. be one of my favorite professional race Twitter feeds that are out there because with Twitter, there's this great translate function Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of like the translate isn't up to like the full standards that that you would expect in 2018. Like it's, it's like 2006 technology. So there's a lot of like words that don't trans translate right away. There's a lot of lost in translation, I guess is what you would say. Bill Murray would would put out there.
3: Let's just say their, their tweets are poetry.
1: Yes. Like they're, And they have the crit beforehand. That looks like such a wonderful event. Yep. That is. So when we started this podcast, two hundred and twenty-six episodes ago, we and then there's a couple of bonus episodes in there. So almost two hundred and thirty episodes.
3: Okay. Okay. Good math. Some fuzzy math. Two hundred and
1: let's just say two hundred and twenty-four (laughs) hours just to make it even. So two hundred (laughs) and fifty. That's like ten full days of podcast materials out there for anybody that's listening to it on regular speed. Yeah. At first I just wanted to press pass to an event. We got the press pass to the world championships.
3: Yep. We should have retired. I want and...
1: I want to be able to do a live podcast from the Japan Cup. That wow. like I will stop this podcast the moment that happens.
2: Let's let's start let's start laying the groundwork. Let's start bugging. We need
1: them. we need this campaign. Yeah, let's do it. But here's where we're struggling. I don't know if we have any Japanese listeners. And that wow. may be like that's where we need to like we got we got a single listener in Canada. You know, mm. we got an Englishman. Mm. We also have a Scotsman, not the same thing, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyways, just thinking about it, just throwing that out there.
2: The language yeah. barrier might be a problem for us. I mean, I know probably all of Japan speaks better English than we do, but um, you know, it still might be difficult.
1: Anyways, I mean, so Japan Cup happened, six monument. Congratulations to Robert Power. Um,
3: yeah, and and we I, we can mention the crit the day before the actual Japan Cup, was won by uh, John Degenkolb. So he is back in the mix. Um, It's back, baby. So
1: Degenkolb was looking pretty good over the uh, last few days on the Twitter because Trek Segafredo Racing used him and not um, 2019 Tour de France also ran Richie Porte as the the debutante of the new kit for next year.
2: Well, yeah. We're probably now gonna see on the women's team with like rips in the side of the bibs and stuff, so they didn't want to debut with that kit, you know? Uh, okay,
1: sure, sure. But now you're, the women's you're definitely team kit
3: burying the lead, Tim. I know you're trying to get to it, but you're burying the lead.
1: Little guy inter- it interrupted me here, and I was going to say that the women's team was uh, was it L- uh, Lizzie Armistead? Uh, um, I, fr- I I apologize, forgot her her uh, new last name after marriage, but. Digan. Digan, thank you. That that kit was debuted, but Yolanda Neff debuted, and um, I don't even know who was debuting the men's side of that training kit, but the half-and-half, half, like, Two-Face from Batman kit, like, half neon, half red, half neon, half camo, was pretty amazing.
3: It Man, was it's, pretty it's, amazing. Um, the, the women's team kit looks great. Um, fantastic. Debuted kind of at the World Cup uh, by the rest of the cross team but um, yes yeah the lead there that that's been buried is uh, Yolanda Neff signing with the Trek factory racing team it's big it's yeah. just huge just it's huge absolutely crushing big news like they've already got a pretty huge women's team within the sport and uh, to add uh Yolanda to that lineup is so, oh my goodness!
1: Is Team Trek now like the, the Team Trek women's racing? Let's give them the. I mean, they're now like the
3: for for, for downhill head for cycle cross for <laughs> cross country for soon to be road. Uh, yeah, they're not messing around. It's pretty cool.
1: They, it's pretty impressive. They do have. There, it seems like everybody.
3: Yeah, there's not a lot of things that surprise me uh in, in cycling these days. You know, big moves happen, like people switch teams, whatever, but the the Yolanda reveal uh to Trek, I was pretty floored. Like I was like, that's huge. I, so I was caught off guard.
1: The thing with the Yolanda Nef that I'm curious if it's gonna continue on. Is that she does have the tenant? She does have that like helmet sponsor that's like the sticker on the the nose <laughs> of her helmet or on the front of the helmet. Yeah. Um. Hey, I'm surprised we don't see more of that type of sponsorship across all disciplines of cycling. Um. It seems like in downhill you kind of get it a little bit with you know sure you get the Red Bull folks, but you get like the muck off. We'll do like the big like wrap on the the downhill helmet or whatever, but. Yolanda Neff has like just this little sticker and it reminds me when I was growing up playing ice hockey and the coach would take a piece of hockey tape mm-hmm. and then write my name across the front of the helmet. So he could look at me and then say, Tim, and then I'd be like, he knows my name, but no, he was just reading the name that's on my helmet that I couldn't right. see. And is that going to continue for next year for team Trek? Or is that going away?
3: I am going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that is going away. Um, doesn't seem like, uh, a- they need to go to those lengths uh, to to get the sponsorship dollars over there on the Trek Factory Racing team.
1: So I mean, Trek Factory Racing on the women's side has pretty much every top level women's yeah. cyclist. It seems, or they, well, maybe not uh, well, the, the top yeah, top, but every they're going to have the There's best. There's a few other good team.
2: riders out there. You're let's, right. Let's you're right. I apologize. That. But... Yeah. No, they're a good so, team though. Do you guys think um, I could sell my like a sponsorship on the front of my helmet?
3: I think so. I think All so. Right. I mean, you know, not to like uh you know, BMC or or, or Yellow Lotto that. or anybody, but no. I think you could sell it to like Dave's fish market or something All like right.
2: that. I'm gonna put it out right now. Fifty bucks. Just Fifty Ooh. bucks and you can get a sticker on my helmet for what about- the rest of the cross season. That's th- that seems three a races.
3: Cheap. What's your schedule? Three? <laughs> Three races. I
2: three more races. I'm gonna do.
3: I will, I will offer you
2: fifty dollars. I All will right.
3: offer you the fifty dollars if that's I right. get to pick what stickers on the front of your helmet for the last three races.
2: All right, that's fine. I'll deal with that. That pays for that pays for one and a half of my races. Maybe just one, depending upon what, how how stupid expensive some of these races have gotten. Hmm. It's probably gonna say like penis or something on it, but that's fine. I'll race with that. Nah,
3: nah. I'm thinking eggplant emoji at the very least. Uh, I'm not sure.
2: Oh, that's But great. it's going to be good. All right. I'm making this deal. <laughs> so, money.
1: so the Trek Factory team kit seems to be the first one that's been fully revealed that's caught my fancy, right? Yeah.
0: Like,
2: yeah.
1: The men. So we're going to discuss this. I'm sure we're going to do another cycling uh, jersey draft at the start of next year once oh, we start seeing sure. more of these. Um, Tim, I have the one, other...
3: one question about the the men's team, the track yeah. uh, Segafredo kit that was revealed. Do yeah. you think, um, how long do you think the drawn out uh, legal court battle with uh, Red Lotto is going to go on um, for stealing their design template and um, you know That's making a, it into a new kit?
1: That is a good question. I it was pointed out on our Twitter account that there is a lot of red and black now in the the peloton like the peloton yeah. goes through these it's the new blue these uh these waves right and remember a few years ago as it was blue mm-hmm. um There's we're ripe for it, for a while yeah you know, a lot of black we're definitely ripe for you know i still think a purple kit could go a long way right now hmm. um i think that uh you know we're, we're still still waiting for good high vis, like not some secondary like continental team the uh, vis like we're, we're looking for like a, oh. a pro tour team to go full on Hi-Viz.
3: I mean, Trek has dabbled. Trek has definitely dabbled. Trek has dabbled. Sure.
2: And they have these, like, training kits. but kind of borderlining
3: it.
1: Oh, EF, the number one pick of the 2017 top corner draft corner jersey
2: draft. Best jersey in the Peloton. I stand by it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, no, hey, yeah,
1: brutal. I, I, full steam ahead on that Titanic I, um, <laughs> of a draft pick. Let's, dra- uh, let's
2: draft again, man. I'll draft it first every time. it's, so, it's way Spencer, better. Spencer, that is a good question. Ones.
0: Yeah,
1: that is a good question about Lotto, red Lotto. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see more. I think the other big news I did see was that uh, Eddie Merckx is back into the uh, the pro peloton on the bikes for AG2R. Is going to ride some Merckx.
3: That is so, very interesting. Yeah,
1: I am pretty excited about that. Um, but anyway. Um, there, there's so much to discuss. You guys talked, talked on, um, you know, the, the tour de France debut routes, like where we were talking about how they're just like finding mountain roads with gravel and, mm-hmm. and all of that fun stuff. But, um, you know, I, we, we have a lot of, we have a couple of emails to get to, um, tonight. And then I think people do want to talk about some bike racing as well. So, since we're kind of in the doldrums, the uh, you know the, the winter doldrums, I think we should just pop open Cycling Tips and see what the number one news story is over on the or sorry, cycling news. See, so, oh, here it is. Simon Yates finally reveals his maximum heart rate at the Vuelta Italia, oh, and it fine, happened mate. in stage two. So, this is the news that we've all been waiting for. On what was Simon Yates's heart rate on stage two? That is how. Much bike racing is happening outside of cyclocross right now in the world. That this is a lead story on cycling news.
2: Pins and needles, yeah. What, well, yeah. Needles. I
3: mean, I would say, what have we spent five, six, seven episodes now just, um, with that little five minute window in the middle of the episode where we discuss, you know, where we think his maximum heart rate is and it, you know, we sort of revise our our guesses, um, you know, with any new information that we have. I was at 155, little guy was a little higher at 192. Tim, what I I can't remember what your number was off the top of my head.
1: Oh, I I don't think that there's a way he crossed, you know, one thirty-five. Like that's oh. kind of like my resting um rate. <laughs> like I know a lot about heart rates, so I'm just gonna assume that one thirty-five does more than enough for him.
3: <laughs> Probably. I mean, he is a lightweight but, guy, so power to heart rate ratio's gotta be a, down
2: there. It's a little guy. Yeah. What do you
1: think Simon Yates was putting out in a peak heart rate?
2: His peak heart rate. So what is he, like twenty four? Yeah. Twenty five? Uh two oh three. Kind of close. All right. It was
1: Spencer, do you want to take a, a run at this?
3: Um I would, but I, I actually don't I think it's a it was a clickbait headline there on Cycling News, and that he <laughs> actually has no maximum and that's that's the mind blowing <laughs> revelation is that it just keeps going. He can go as high as he needs to.
1: It's okay. It's buddy. actually 201. Yeah,
2: all right.
1: So, so 201, which, you know, I can't believe that's news, but let's just move on to why, uh Yeah, why exciting. should I be
2: impressed by that? That's just normal. I know.
1: That's a, like, why is that even a story? But Based off his age
2: and the fact that he's an elite athlete, that's like.
1: Now, this past week was the Continental Cyclocross Championships across the world. We also saw the return of Koppenberg Cross. Um, our friend in the uh, podcast industry, former or f- fellow wide angle podium network member uh Bill Shaiken of Crosshairs Radio has also been doing a lot of coverage on these events including the uh live color commentary and what was that like the Spruce Goose cross up in uh Toronto Spencer or mm-hmm. or is that, uh, is that just the name of a plane and it was like the Silver Goose or something up was, there for the Pan Am championships
3: yeah Silver Goose Silver Goose Cross I don't know why they call it that but they did have and you would like this, Tim, if you search out these photos. Every winner got a silver goose trophy. A trophy of a goose that was yeah. silver. And it was life sized goose. It was like a Jesus. two-foot-tall huge. goose statue. And uh, apparently the crowd chanted kiss the goose if you won the goose. And you had to kiss your goose trophy. And this like is that. the kind of thing that I am here for, you guys. I Cycling needs more of this. Uh, I don't know that this was a, you know, a huge event on the worldwide uh, spectrum of events that happened uh, recently in Cyclocross, but we need more Silver Goose. We need more uh, I, legendary trophies. We need some torino Adriatico level trophies in Cyclocross, yes. and uh, this you is know, the I was start.
1: In, I had heard about the Silver Goose trophy on Twitter, but I did not see a picture right away. So before I saw the picture, I had envisioned that it was like a tinfoil bird like you would get at like a takeout restaurant mm. or something like like oh, oh yeah. you, like i remember going out to eat and like oh here's your doggy bag and then they would take the tinfoil and make it like rabbit ears or whatever i was expecting that's what the goose would look like and then i saw the actual trophy and i was like holy crap that's an amazing trophy
3: it is amazing that um, is worth the price of admission right
1: there. i would say it's one of the best it's not up there with the trident or the hat in the like cycling well, trophy, give it done, time. Give it but time. it's definitely on the wide angle podium of trophies. Like, it, sure, sure, like and, for and sure, it's up there.
3: To my knowledge, I think it would be number one or or a very good argument for number one within cyclocross.
2: Yes, yes, I can't yeah. think of anything Bes- that even
1: besides errors. the sandbag, we got Jordan Cullen um, for sandbagging in the category threes. For years, I would say the Silver Goose is the one.
3: The Sandbag, that's true. It doesn't get a lot of press, but that might be the greatest uh, uh, podium uh, award ever. Um, And I would encourage every race director out there listening to give all your Cat 4 and Cat 3 winners a Sandbag. They're available from Home Depot, they're very cheap. Um, it's like
1: two 99 and yeah. you put the check in there. Like you put like a $5 bill inside the sand and then you reseal <laughs> it back up. So they have to find it. Yep. It's a great way to do it.
3: Great way to do it.
1: Um, so who won the silver goose cross? We, um, out there like did, a uh, who, who are the new representatives of Pan Am Cyclocross? Yeah.
3: So that was, that was an exciting, uh, part of it is in the women's race. Uh, let's start there. Katie Compton, uh, when they started the, doing this Pan Am championship in, in 2015, this is something I learned from Bill and Scott, who are doing the commentary, Um nobody has won this women's elite race except for Katie Compton.
1: And we've seen the jersey several times that she wears.
3: Yeah. and when she, she's been the Pan Am champion. Yes. She stayed uh in Europe. She's on a European campaign right now. She did not travel to Canada to defend this jersey. So for the first time ever, we we're going to see somebody other than Katie uh, wearing this jersey, and uh, the racing was awesome. It was very dramatic until the last lap. I don't want to ruin it if people uh, want to go watch it, um, but I'll give you the results: Katie Keough in third, Ellen Noble in second, and our Pan Am champion Megalie Rochette, Canadian, Canadian on Canadian soil. Yeah, wow, so that I was it. Was an awesome Great. race, despite the uh, knowing the podium. I would uh, recommend nope. going to watch that one.
1: Is Rochette, is, that, is she from Quebec or is she like Ontarian?
3: Um, she's from, uh, let me check my notes, Canada.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh. pr- probably just like a little bit east of Manitoba maybe. Um, so that's a pretty surprising result. Like like should I know who she is beforehand? Because I have not heard her name before.
3: You probably should, yeah. Okay. Um, although I would not blame you for kind of thinking Ellen Noble is maybe a shoe-in for this one. She's won like, seven straight races, but the last time she lost was in Rochester, the C one to Megaly Rochette. Ooh, so
1: it's like her, uh, it's her Moriarity.
3: I know. Wow, I know. So that was exciting. On the men's side, even even more exciting, maybe. Um, we had uh, Stephen Hyde back, you know, from his injury, going for gold. Um, he's the defending champ. We had Vandenham, the national champion in Canada, uh, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Um he was going going for it on home soil as well. Uh Kerry Warner was there, Curtis White, uh who else? All the big hitters were there. It was a, it Justin Lindine? No, he wasn't there. I don't I don't know if he falls know. into the big hitter category anymore, but um suffice to say Stephen Hyde was looking great. Took a pretty big digger during this race. It Ugh. it actually looked real bad. But uh, reports after the race is he's fine. So that's great, great news. Um, if you hadn't heard it, he is A-OK. Um, the win uh, came down to a sprint, probably a tire width difference between Michael Vandenham, who took second place, it's and Curtis White from Cannondale. Oh, nice. Who won the elite race, which was pretty spectacular. Um I kind of wanted Van der Ham to win, though. I friend of the pod. Gotta say, I was pulling for him the whole way, and he played the last two laps tactically perfect. He couldn't have done it any so, better. I hope he's not at home beating himself up about it because uh, it looked really good from where I was sitting, and he just, you know, sometimes you sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. So, this is the first time the Pan Am Championships have been held in Canada, or is this? Because yes. it was in
1: Louisville, right? The first three years, or it was two in
3: Louisville years? and maybe in Cincy before Cincy,
1: that. Yeah, okay. um, and then do they have like a multi-year contract? So like next year, if we were going to go, it'd be back to this same it's, silver goose. Cross, it is, or? it
3: is going to be there next year. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, and then the course itself, Spencer, from what you saw on the coverage, um, and Bill's, uh, uh you know, describing the course, what, uh, hard, difficult, um, it looked really good.
3: Um, it, it, there was a whole beach section that looked really interesting. Um, a couple of different ports where they where they went along the waterfront and then a big climb, a couple of stairways, uh, a lot of dirt and roots and stuff. It looked really good. The live coverage was okay. Uh, as far as camera footage, they had a bunch of stationary cameras they're switching between, which was absolutely better than nothing, but um, hard to get a feel for some of the course, which is why it was so important that they had Bill and Scott on there doing the uh, commentary because they did a great job kind of letting you know what the riders were going through and uh, what the course actually looked like. Cause some of the shots were kind of far away. Some sections they didn't actually have coverage of, you know, things like this. So, but, uh, they did a really good job with it. And the course looked from what I saw to be pretty challenging. So that was a worthy well, course. That's great, to,
1: that's great to hear. Um, and then uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, maybe even next year the coverage continues to improve, but it was pretty cool to see that, uh, Greg or sorry, that Bill got the, um, the call up to do uh the uh the coverage so that's pretty yeah. exciting it's gonna to be see a... when i saw that on his uh on his uh, old facebook yeah. good to see steven Hyde back um yes. you know like so he broke was it a rib or was it sternum, sternum. Like, like yeah yeah so that's got to be a, i mean that's that's an impressive injury to come back from
3: yeah, yeah. that's something you don't really want to break <laughs> yeah. no like if you, if you gave me a, a list of things, bones and we're like, put them in order of most breakable, the least breakable, like sternum would be pretty low on the list. Like I don't want to break that.
2: Yeah. No.
3: Anyway, um, uh, anyways. it was some great racing up there in Canada, uh, across the pond in Canada. And, uh, you know, I would uh, encourage you to check out the feeds if, if they have them up, uh, still, I don't know, probably on YouTube somewhere.
1: Well, right on and then what do we have over a uh, little guy you want to take us through a little bit of the euro cross championships dutch people
2: that's all about dutch? it all dutch people man no it does the, the from, women's uh... race um one two three the dutch i didn't actually get to watch the whole thing because i could only find the worst possible feeds and so everything kept cutting out on me constantly um, you know that's really,
3: a pretty good segue there to uh to the podium there, little guy, with the worst possible feed. Because when I tuned in my feed, I just saw Anne-Marie Verst, uh winning that race.
2: Yes, well, there you go. <laughs> it's true. So, um, I I wasn't even thinking that far ahead, so thanks for thanks for knocking that one out of the park as I softballed <laughs> it over the plate, not realizing, oh, yeah. thinking I was throwing a curveball. Um, but the little bit of the women's race I saw, it looked really good, and I do plan on going back and watching it when uh, i can find a youtube video that won't uh freeze up on me every 3 seconds and kind of the same thing in the men's race though it was just the vanderpool show as usual he's a beast so did vout give him any type of
1: uh yeah he was pretty close at all? he was pretty
2: close he okay. was like he was within spitting distance he was like 14 seconds back and then sweek was pretty close um 10 years from now
1: 10 years from now who are we going to say had the better career Matthew Vanderpool or Wout Van Aert? Like who? Oh. Who are we gonna sit there going, well, man, that guy was better I, for sure.
2: Well, for cross, I think we're gonna say Vanderpool. But I mean, no, nope,
1: I'm saying cyclist, little guy. You oh, trying uh,
3: to turn this into a Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, uh, competition thing? No, but I'm trying I, to turn
1: it into a um, Don Mattingly or um,
2: what do we, Bill in? Buckner
1: conversation. So, uh,
2: as he, as he, as it sits here right now, I don't know. I guess you got to say Wout has the better career, but. Spring classics next season, uh, I think, well, I think it's, about it's May well, 1st next year, we'll have a, we'll have a, but not even
1: Matthew Vanderpoel winning like mountain bike world
2: cups. So which, which,
3: which yeah, one but, of the wow, two a, little guy, which one of the two would you call the Daryl strawberry of cycle cross?
2: I don't want to call either of them that man. I don't, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to wish that upon them. Um, which one is the Ken Herbeck
1: guy. of your team? That you're gonna build an entire team around. Who would you rather if you were gonna create a brand new professional cycling team? Oh, Vanderpool. And you could get in both the, really.
2: I I much I would always pick Vanderpool. All right. All
3: right. Which one of the two is the Ozzy Smith?
2: Oh man. Oh,
1: definitely Val Van Art.
2: No no, 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 no. No. Vanderpol's the Ozzy Smith because he's got the Ozzie there's, Smith. No Ozzie, there's no Ozzie way Ozzy there's no way little guy. Dude, Vanderpool is technically much, much, much better than Wow there's no okay. way you cannot argue All that he's. So, so, loud, then, but, but you're
1: going to have him batting ninth. Come on. No, well,
2: I think I, mean, I know. <laughs> obviously, the offensive side, we're 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 having we're, you know, we're having trouble okay. with any comment any Aussie uh, Smith comparisons because.
3: Little guy, I need to know, and I think I know the answer to this question. But which one of the two is the Tony Gwynn of? Uh,
0: oh of man! Cyclocross? Now just... I'm specifically Oof. thinking
3: 1986 baseball card yeah. Tony Gwynn with the flip up shades.
0: Uh,
2: well, Tony Gwynn was super cool, but I mean, also just consistent. A lot of singles, a lot of a lot of doubles. Hit for hit for for average, right? He, Never really hit, hit for, for power. Yet. So I'm gonna go with so, Wout because like second place every race, you know. Vanderpool. So, so like if we go back to Wednesday, Vanderpool uh blew up at Coppenberg Cross and Tunearts won, and Wout was second. So Wout right there is he's, he's just t- Tony ding- Gwynn the week, right? Two second places where what? Where Vanderpool went out, did a Sammy yeah. Sosa, did a Mark McGuire, uh yeah. struck out on Wednesday, and then he hit a home run on Sunday. So yeah. Wait, so
1: little guy, do you Kappenberg Cross, the only headline I saw besides Toon winning yeah. on the men's side was Val Van Art complaining that he's actually gained too much muscle from I riding s- on the road <laughs> and it's that. hurt his sense.
2: I saw that and I thought I thought that was kind of funny because <laughs> I, I, was, I was sort of, I don't know. No, to me, that seemed bizarre. I, uh, two two reasons. One, because I would think all those long road miles would make you leaner. And two, mm-hmm. did you guys see the shot of Vanderpool posting up for the win today? Oh, yeah. With the painted like,
3: on skin suit. Woof.
2: Yeah. That dude is so ripped. Like, Not often do you see a cyclist posting up, putting the arms in the air, and it looks like he's wearing a Superman costume because that six-pack yeah. is so ridiculously yeah, pronounced. Yeah, good. I but felt like he, on the podium, was like, hey, Wout, yeah, you're putting on too much muscle, bud. <laughs> That's, <laughs> like, uh, I
3: mean, I do sympathize with Wout, though. I understand where he's coming from. You know, that uh, definitely affected me for our Schwamigan challenge. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> and now, the, I was going to say,
2: also, like, the last six, six or seven years here... <laughs> Your cycling career in general, man, is just like too muscular.
3: I just got, I just got too strong. I've been riding too much. Um, (laughs) I've just been, you know, I got muscles in places I didn't even know I had muscles there. So So, yeah, it's just a mess.
2: So uh... that's one of the better reasons, excuses for not winning a race I've ever (laughs) heard in my life is that you're too muscular. Like, that's if he was I like Dylan Gronenvegan or whatever the hell his name is, I'd believe it. That guy is like a tensed muscle. Like, his whole, like, he's just one you know tensed muscle.
1: You know who else is a just nothing but muscle? Blink. And we should talk about him right now. Matthews. And that's going to be a oh blink Matthews. Oh, can oh you my imagine God. him Have with his shirt
2: off? Oh, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh?
1: Oh, guys, we are here at the Prem Lap, and we are racing for quite a few things as normal. But Spencer, first up in the Prem Lap, we've kind of got a little bit of an underground secret going out there. Yeah. that Maybe if you're on our Twitter account, you know about, if you're in the Facebook super fan group, You know about but let's uh let's bring it to the listeners let's let them know a little bit of uh what we're working on on the side
3: uh i i imagine that you are referring to slow ride reviews uh the brand new uh offshoot podcast to the slow ride podcast that uh we have going on here um yeah we're two episodes deep at this point and i haven't been on one uh although i am part of the show uh, I just haven't had anything to review yet, but that is coming. Um, we've been—I'm—I'm uh, I'm pretty sure people who are astute listeners to the Slow Ride podcast are aware of this because we have been dumping it into the regular feed. Uh, yes. So but they might not know up. what it
1: was there for. And no, they-
2: that's
3: probably true. We've done a pretty poor job of of explaining exactly so, what's going on. But
2: uh, I'm gonna—I'm gonna say that you guys are wrong. Everybody totally understands.
1: Well, let, let me, let me, we got one. We have a single review. Oh. We have a single review of the review podcast.
3: Okay. I want to hear this.
2: Let's hear Five it. stars. Yes. From
1: Danilo DeLuca.
2: I knew it. I knew he listened. Fun
1: show. A grown up version of the kids table at your family's Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> oh, Dan, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. So thank you.
1: It sounds like a five star compliment to me. Who, who possibly? This sounds, would,
3: yeah. This sounds suspicious. Uh, much like De DeLuca, Deluca himself. Very, uh, very suspicious, suspicious podcast uh, review here. But I'm glad that we have one, and then it's five yes. stars. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and others can leave, but I, I will say, Spencer, I'm looking forward to your uh, your first review. I know mm-hmm. you've got a lot up your sleeves already. I, um, do. I don't. Do you, do you have anything like you're working on like like what like what is something you've been using lately that like you're planning on reviewing?
3: I've got some chamois cream. No. Some I'm not going to I'm not going to hit you with the chamois cream. I'll just promise you guys that right now. Um but I do have I do have a couple of things that uh I've actually um nobody's given me any free stuff to review basically is what it comes down to. Uh and I don't I don't know that I really want any free stuff. I kind of want to review some stuff that I've been using personally for a few years and just kind of let you know if it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, should I spend my couple hundred hard earned dollars on this thing? Whether it's a bike part or a clothing or something else, I'm going to get into that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I think you guys are going to like it. Uh, it's going to be no holds barred. That's for sure. Um,
1: I'm going to just warn the warn the listeners now that I'm not reviewing the entire catalog of the World Cycling Productions DVD collection should mm-hmm. be. Um we should, but that would be the second podcast. But anyways, check it out, the Slow Ride Reviews. We got a couple more episodes and then we'll uh, be they'll be all going over to their new feed, so take a yep. look at it on iTunes, yep. wait, uh subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate it. The first two episodes, little guy, you you've been on both. Killed the second one with a nice uh, interview with uh, Daniel Device, uh, Devise, Sorry, of the comeback, nice, which is the uh, st- the story about um, Greg Lamont's uh, yeah. epic yep. comeback. Yeah. And then, you know, little guy, you and I just did another uh, great interview, kind of a review that we'll be, you know, editing up in the future with a uh, um, Gary Crandall of the Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival. Mm-hmm. Where um we'll be adding uh, some of that uh, feedback as well. So pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> I'm 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 looking forward to um yeah. you know the start of that uh, adventure.
2: Yep. Yeah, I was glad I um, liked, I liked interviewing him because mostly he 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 told us we didn't ruin his last Schwamigan for him, and so I was I was happy to hear that.
0: Yeah,
1: that, that was a positive review on the review. So definitely, yeah. um let's give a uh, shout out to Grimper Brothers Coffee. You can go to WAP. go to W A. Yeah. Go to WideAnglePodium.com. Yes. There is the ad in the um, skyscraper on the right side that says the Grimper Brothers Full Schleck Coffee Blend. Yep. Or you can just go to bit.ly slash WAP beans mm-hmm. to uh, order your own full Schleck blend of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like to thank Grimper Brothers for partnering with us.
3: Yeah, it's been awesome. We've gotten some really great feedback on the, on the coffee uh, from all kinds of folks that have been ordering it up. Uh, grimper brothers actually said it's their number one seller uh so that's pretty exciting um we yeah we're, we're doing great you guys are crushing it uh i'm i'm super excited about that and i think i think we're gonna look into uh expanding and adding another blend so uh let us know uh, if you try the full schleck um what you like about it. And, and if you had a, a second option from wide angle podium, what you, uh, what you might want to see, maybe an espresso, maybe a dark roast, maybe some after dinner coffee. Oh I don't God. know. What are we going to do? Nice. Gross.
2: Uh, can we do an espresso that's called the DeLuca? But then when you no. get it, it's not actually an s- espresso. It's like a total fake out. It's not actually that good. might that would work. Oh, come on. Uh,
1: no, you wouldn't want that to happen. Um, so anyways, once cabbie. again, thanks to Grimper Brothers. And uh, finally, as always, head over to um, thewideanglepodium.com to find out more about the other family of shows on the network, including our friends over at the Consument Athlete, who continue to put out high-quality content week after week after week. And what the best part is about the Consummate Athlete, it's not just about cycling. That's probably my favorite part. I actually feel that I'm a pretty well-rounded individual after listening to it. Um, everything from race car drivers to cross country skiers to other silent sport aficionados, um, great interviews and great advice on the consummate athlete podcast.
3: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, as well as bike shop CX, uh, cyclocross radio, cyclocross television by bill and, uh, and all kinds of other great stuff. So wide find the whole family shows, uh, check them out.
0: Right.
1: And let's uh, get back to the show. To the slow ride Podcast. All right. As I mentioned before, we've got about four emails that we're going to be getting to from some of our loyal listeners that have emailed us in at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. But before we get there, as always, we do like to fire up the internet machine, go on the iTunes and read the reviews. And we, it's been about a month since we've had a review. So we got our first review and this is from Aldi BR 93. And it's a five star review, and it says a great podcast, even for folks who don't like podcasts. <laughs> and he says, "Or I was never a podcast guy, but on a recent long road trip, I found a I needed a break, even from all the satellite radio has to offer." Hmm. You know, so maybe he's sitting there and he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm, I've just listened to a little bit too much of uh, Ozzy's Boneyard," or maybe I've just had a, a little bit too much for um xmu or whatever satellite radio channel he's listening to Uh Uh, my quick search for a cycling podcast led me to matt tim and spencer's pod and it has not disappointed wit whimsy and even plenty of wisdom makes this a show for everyone from the casual cyclist to the obsessive racer i'm dreading the day that i finish catching up on the black on the back catalog and will have to wait a whole week at a time for new episodes. <laughs> Jeff A. from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Jeff, that's probably one of the kindest reviews we've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, I I personally appreciate it. Yeah. But Jeff, you're a friend of the pod. You're a fan of the pod. Um, I appreciate you wanting to listen to the back catalog, but do me a little bit of a favor. Maybe start at episode, like, 150 <laughs> like I mean there's 200 and th- there's 10 days of podcast even if you're listening at two times speed that's 5 days of podcast minimum.
2: He's got a um, long road trip, Tim. Yeah, yeah. He's got p- a lot of commuting, I guess. This guy
3: this guy's got to find out what, what some some of the things that you've really said back in I back mean, in the in the two digit episodes.
1: I really So I was thinking about this. Like we we all have our favorite episodes, but you know, there's some that definitely stick out. The Eric mm-hmm. Saunders interview, the Derek Bechard Hall interview which Obviously, is timeless because we're gonna to have to get an interview with him after he before he leaves to take over Asos. I mean, and I, we've the
3: got, uh, the lukewarm uh, debut was obviously a, a huge fan that's, favorite.
1: That's a fan favorite. I mean, any of the the drafts have been pretty good, but mm-hmm. like even the drafts started after like episode one twenty five. The Dan Craven uh, interview, I I loved. Yeah, I, I think my favorite interview though is gonna be the the Eric Saunders one because not enough people know who he is and just how he took over the entire podcast was probably the greatest hijacking in the history of podcasts. And I love that. And I can't wait to have him back on again. But anyways, Jeff, thank you so much for the wonderful review. Um, And uh, let's get to some of these emails. Okay. So uh, Spencer, uh, why don't you, uh, do you want, do you want to ring up the first one? I believe the first one uh, is from a friend of the pod, Sam at uh, kids cross in DC. Yeah. Kids cross corner.
3: Yeah. So we have a kid's cross corner, uh, from DCCX a few weeks back. Um, you may remember from a previous episode that Sam ended up buying a single speed cross bike, uh, that was previously owned by yours truly. Um, so this is maybe our, our first race report of, of how that bike, uh, worked out for him. Um, it's a pretty lengthy email, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda summarize it a little bit here. Um, uh, but uh let's just say the start went fantastic. He was crushing it, absolutely smashing everyone. Um yeah, yeah. Uh top ten position early in the race. C- smooth sailing. He was clearly gonna podium, wide angle podium, mm-hmm. prob- okay. probably win, definitely in the money.
1: And he's on the bike that we recommended him.
3: For. He's pretty much says it's guaranteed to be because it's the frame that was blessed by, uh, by Schwamigan, uh, yeah. rightful winner, Spencer. Howell. Um
1: can I, can I stop here? Sure. Does he have like a mechanical so that we can say, well, mom should have bought you
3: campy, um, like
1: can like disc brake set or something.
3: Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's right, not right. a disc brake bike, but whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's pushing in his top ten, uh, and he, he says, "Quote: As brutally attacked by an inanimate rock and got a front flat." Oof! So he's doing the single speed race because this is a single speed bike. Um, he does not have a uh, a single speed pit bike, nor does he have pit wheels. So he's on lap one, front <laughs> flat, no pit bike, no pit wheels. What do you do?
2: Well, steal a wheel. I'd steal a wheel. Steal a wheel, Sam. Now,
1: see now you can't corrupt. You know you're a kid. You can get away with it. You're you can't
3: corrupt the youth. Shoulders the bike, starts running. Now this is a forty-five minute race. <laughs>
1: oh my god! Please <laughs> tell me he continued the whole time.
3: <laughs> uh, he continued the whole time. That's um, nuts. Yeah and he got he says he got multiple offers for uh for pit bikes and wheels along the course and from the pit uh which he declined um because no, they No you got to uh, accept them. Yeah no they weren't uh they weren't as special as the uh as the rally uh with with my uh DNA uh on it in it as you as you were. Oh, that's
2: beautiful um, I guess in a way also silly. Yes.
3: Yeah so um He's, he's been running this whole time. He uh, comes across uh, a, a single speeder towards the towards the um, end of the race, uh, 50 meters from the line, and realizes if he can beat this guy who is riding his bike, if he can beat him on foot, he won't be last place.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: So he throws down the sprint of his life on foot <laughs> running. to keep this guy away from him, <laughs> behind him. And uh, he just barely pulls it off oh my god wow that's
0: impressive hero yeah (laughs) Yeah. yep how's that other guy feel
3: it's it's amazing it's amazing he says he got it with a bike throw
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: like literally a bike throw yeah he managed
3: i managed to lean myself in the bike far enough ahead to take the sprint win on foot and not end up last after the race uh yeah probably a bunch of people came up congratulate him um sounds amazing sounds epic it's a oh, totally worthy uh story to be sent into the slow ride pod I really uh, appreciate it and um you know he was uh he was very excited to not finish last which i think is about as good as you could hope for from a bike that you got sort of by way of me yeah um so there you go
2: one of oh. um one of my f- f- favorite cross memories is flatting uh about 20 seconds into one of the Powderhorn cross races here in Minneapolis and mm-hmm. riding around at the front flat for a lap and then uh another racer said hey you know uh grab my grab my wheels you can grab my front wheel you know and he pointed to me the wheel and the most exciting part wasn't just that I got a wheel and I got to get back in the race is that it was a Spox front wheel and I'd always <laughs> wanted to ride a Spox front wheel <laughs> And, and I was, then
1: did you beat the guy who gave you the wheel?
2: I I think I did, um, but it was it was really exciting to ride a Spox. And one of the but one of the best things is about getting neutral stuff from somebody else is one. It's always ends up being a tire you don't know, right? I feel mm-hmm. like, and oh. all my experiences with this, it's never like somebody says, "Oh, go grab that wheel," and it's the same kind I got. It's like a brand I've never used, and it's always pumped up to about fifty. And while the, it's great that you're racing and, and you're riding, it's also very weird. Like I always feel like I'm going to crash all race and I'm going to ruin somebody else's equipment. And it kind of makes me a little freaked out. Yeah. But anyway.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much be, uh, freaking out, but then again, I don't race cyclocross anymore and I've never had to use a pit bike because my bikes never fall apart. Um, Whoa. Let's get to my uh, first email. This one comes to us from Jeff Aldrich, uh, uh, also who gave us that five-star review. So uh, thanks again for also emailing in, Jeff. Uh, As a new loyal listener, I came to the Cycling Oracles with a request for advice. One of the things that has tickled me most is little guy's nickname for his son, Tom Boonin Tom Boonin. As imitation is the highest form of flattery, I've been searching for a similar nickname for my 15-month-old son, Archie.
0: So little guy. Yeah.
1: How do you go about choosing that nickname? Did your son show Boonanesque traits at an early age, like crawling quickly and steadily over wet cobblestones or out sprinting the other kids at the end of the daycare? Or did you just choose a rider whom you admire? Is my little one a little Thebo? Is he a Robert Gessick, Robert Gessink or a tinier Tommy Vokler? Or maybe as a half Aussie kid who rarely finishes his dinner, is he a little Richie Port? <laughs> The best I get from my wife on this topic is a good nature eye roll. So any help you can provide will be much appreciated. Thanks in advance. P.S. What's a lower threshold of interaction when you become a friend of a pod? And the upper threshold is when you become an annoyance of the pod. Asking for a friend, Jeff. So, yes, we have this uh, nice email here from Jeff.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. thanks, Jeff. Yep.
1: No- notice he's into Tom and Tom and not little Hymar. So um, let's mm. uh, let's get into it, uh, little guy. Yeah, what kind of advice do you have for Jeff? And any of those nicknames, uh, uh, you know, scream Uh, out to you?
2: Well, I really like Robert guessing guessing, um. But (laughs) my advice for naming your kid uh, be like I did, which is I think Spencer named him for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would just uh, deflect this question to Spencer. And Spencer, what do you want to name his kid? Um.
3: Yeah. So basically, my uh, theory for uh for your kid um was just to keep throwing stuff at the wall, uh, on this podcast until something sort of <laughs> stuck. Uh, I know we tried a, a few different things. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, it was because we couldn't name him Tom Boonin cause that was already taken. Yeah. But what if we named him Tom Boonin, Tom Boonin, like first name Tom Boonin, middle name Tom Boonin. Anyway, for whatever reason that stuck, uh, I think it makes sense. Um, I think it was oh, more reflective of your, sense. your writing style more than, um, than he since we he was not of this earth yet, uh when he got the name. Um so, you know, I think we need to know a little bit more about Jeff, uh what what he's into. Um sounds like he's Australian, so he's probably into Cadell Evans. I'm thinking uh maybe Ooh. maybe the what was something in that direction. I like
2: that's Cadell like Cadel Evans nickname. Thing. He was uh Tin Tin too, wasn't he? He really liked just because he was a
3: tin man because
1: it could break at any moment. No, he, he,
2: he was a big fan of Tintin, the comic. I don't think that was his nickname though. Because I the, thought that, that was, was I thought
1: Tintin was uh David Rebellin.
2: yeah. The thing is, if, if you're really getting you're really splitting hairs here, they both kind of look like Tintin in a way.
1: I would, I would think Cadell Evans' nickname was the dimple. Are you sure?
2: I don't <laughs> think he had a nickname like that. That I know of. The,
3: the biggest problem that I see here is that the easiest way to give an Australian cyclist a nickname or really any English speaking cyclist, uh, is just to add a Y to the end. But it sounds like this, this one isn't, that's not going to be a solution.
2: No. Archie. Wait, was it Archie or I'm sorry, I forgot.
3: Yeah. It's going to be Archie Um, with a double, with an extra Y
2: here's, here's the thing. I, here, here's the side thing is I think we need like a wiki, a cyclist nickname wiki, so that we have like quick reference to so, these sorts of things. Because this, is- so I just
1: typed in Cadell Evans' nickname, uh-huh. and if you go to Cadell Evans' website, it says early in his career, <laughs> Evans earned the nickname the Lung. <laughs> okay which okay, well which if weird. that's coming from Cadell evans's website you yeah. can't give yourself your own nickname like yeah. i don't believe that yeah but i think i know a certain but the one that Australian sticks out the most
2: own nickname and gets a lot of cr- yeah. a lot of talk
1: now the one that does stick out a ton and i seem to remember someone saying this is his nickname yeah and that's uh cuddles
2: oh yeah yeah ah. that's true where does that come from cuddles
1: well that's a it's a Andy Schleck, best bike racer of the universe.blogspot.com is the one that has the history of <laughs> Cadell Evans' nickname, Cuddles. So seems like a reputable source to me. So I think Cuddles is the early leader in the clubhouse for uh, um, young Archie Evans.
2: Um, <laughs> that could be good. That could yeah, be that good. Sounds like a definitive source on the web. Cuddles, Cuddles
3: is just sort of a, 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 a drunken slurring of Cadell, I think is where that yeah, came from
2: yeah that could be
3: true but uh yeah I, I might look that direction uh you know there's other other greats obviously uh Stuart o'grady you know um uh, bain and cook a lot of lot of great australians to choose from as long as you don't call them baby bling i think you cannot lose
1: yeah th- there's no way to lose um you know, question about the uh, the truck training grounds from our friend of the pod, Florian Abrahamson, and he was uh, talking about the old training crit that we used to do in uh, Minnesota at the Dakota Technical College, mm-hmm. and it was like, yep. do you guys remember the crits they used to do on the truck training grounds? My Silver first crit. Cycling and Hollywood Cycles put it on. I won my first race I ever did there, and I would just like to have the results page printed out. Funny thing, I paid twenty five dollars to start the race, and I won twenty for the. First place prize. I lost $5 winning. Classic. That was my last race. Love the podcast. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, those are fun.
3: Yeah, I absolutely remember those races. They were about as low budget as a crit could get, and they were awesome. They were the most fun.
1: There's two things here. One is in Gainesville. There used to be a a crit uh, once a year at the... uh, gator national speedway. So like they have the drag strip and then in the back they have like a road testing track. And it was just like Dakota tech where you had what could be 15 different courses all like within a race. And I know they also do it in Jacksonville. So I'm assuming that there's a lot of like training tracks that get used as race courses around the country. Um, Dakota tech was a pretty good one because there was a pretty nice little hill out there. And I enjoyed racing there. I think I only finished in the group twice out of the 10 times that I ever rode there cuz there's just too many turns for
3: someone of my skill level. It was a twisty course. Yeah, um, a they could twists. do a lot of a lot of things with it. It was a uh motorcycle advanced motorcycle training uh course and a uh 18 wheel truck driving like semi trailer tractor trailer driving yeah. practice course. And so it was a a circuit, like a bunch of different little corners and twists and turns. And you could lay out a crit on there, you know, probably 20 different ways. And, uh, and they would do, they would do those every Tuesday night, uh, through late summer. And they were awesome. Um, my best crit result ever there actually as well. Um, did not take the win, but I did take the second step on the podium. So pretty happy with that.
1: And then I want to give the, uh, shout out Florian did his best to help identify the, uh, the ASOS man, but what was, uh, What was great about his description was just the no helmet slick back hair. Yeah. And, uh, sounds anybody that's running the no helmet slick back hair, in my opinion is, uh, you know, just a model for cycling. So, uh, fantastic stuff. So thanks for, uh, thanks for the email Florian and the truck training grounds always provided a good, um, ride and Graham Davis emailed us at the slow ride podcast, gmail.com. Good afternoon guys. Love your show. There's a cyclist who rides in rock Creek. Park in the Washington D.C. area Hmm. only on '70s and '80s road bikes. I have never seen him ride the same bike twice, (laughs) and he always wears wool jerseys and matching cop caps from that era, along with leather cycling shoes designed for toe clips. I like it. Until I finally got to ride with him one day, I referred to him as the ghost. I wasn't sure (laughs) if he really existed, or if he was simply a figment of my imagination. Gram, um, wow! This is sounds good. To we've me. talked about this. Yeah. Every community in in yep. the country world has these types of figures, and you kind of want to take photos of them, but at the same time you want to respect their privacy and you don't take <laughs> photos of these individuals because right. you know you don't want to scare them away. Yeah, they, you know it's like
2: spook easily. Back they to, spook easily.
1: and sometimes you just want to be them, the. So they go. You just. You just want to embrace them for a little bit. Oh yeah, um, you, this you guy gotta, sounds. You got
3: to let that be what it is. You know, like you just the 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 mystique needs to be there, and also you don't want to check your your picture later and and come to find that there's no cyclist in that picture. Oh, so
1: spooky. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. That's the. I mean, we've all have these. Now I got to admit, here in Orlando, in the Orlando cycling scene, they. I don't really like. I have not come across like the mysterious individual that that I'm like, wow, that looks like a cool guy. I want to go ride bikes with. I've come across mysterious individuals where I'm like, I don't want to ride bikes with that person, especially alone. Um, <laughs> right? Like, there, there's a difference. Yeah. Like, there's, there's definitely a difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's there's folks that you go on the group rides with you, but then there's people that come on the group rides. You're like, man, who is this? Who is this masked man? And then he. Or she just leaves and disappears, and you're like, was someone on the ride earlier? Um, there is one individual here in Florida or in Orlando who just started coming back to the group rides. Um on Twitter he was known or he's known as Cat2Kenny, which A was a fantastic internet gnome de plume, cat yeah. 2 Kenny, because it's just kind of setting it up there, like, yeah, I'm better than you, but I'm not the best. But Cat 2 Kenny always shows up on the local group rides, little guy. You're gonna love this with continental level team jerseys and kits. like so it's like the full <laughs> Vinny Frantini I've seen the full, um, whatever team Ricardo Rico was on before he went to Sonia Duval that had like the 800, 800 sponsors, like the Adriatico team or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of next level kit sponsorship. I, he's kind of getting to that level, but he wears headphones when he's on the ride. So <laughs> I kind of, I can I don't have a chance to talk to him because he's got the headphones in.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. He's probably listening to some European cycling podcasts. Sounds <laughs> good,
1: good to me. Be. <laughs> anyway, um, That's, before we get out of here, uh, the one uh, one thing I just wanted to give a, a quick shout out. Um, there's a to me, and it's a it's got quite the quite the comment string over at Cycling Tips is the Peter Flax article on the uh, the helmets, and it says commentary. Why I stopped wearing a bike helmet. I know we've talked a lot about this, but, uh, this is probably the best article I've read, uh, that has to deal with, uh, wearing bike helmets and why some people choose not to. And then the general reaction that the roadie culture in particular gives to individuals that don't, that decide not to wear a helmet. Um, I, after immediately reading this article, I went to go, uh, for a little bike ride to go meet my friend for lunch in downtown Orlando, so I was like, I'm not wearing my helmet. I read this article, I'm invincible, and I rode my helmet. I, I rode my bike over there without a helmet. I sit down for lunch with my buddy, and he's like, "Where's your helmet?" <laughs> and I was like, yes. "said No, <laughs> you did it to me, man." Yeah. And uh, it was a uh, it was a good actually uh, talking points about a lot of different things, and there's lots of good points I think uh, that anyone can have on this subject. But check it out; it's a it's a really good article.
3: Okay. All
1: right. I now will. Read it. So, so I'll have so. to check it out. But uh, anyway, little guy, you're gonna uh, close us out of here. You're gonna hit a home run. You're gonna you're gonna step up to the plate like George Hincafe and Rick Sutcliffe is on the mound and he's just delivering a nice, juicy fastball over the plate, and you hit it. You hit it into deep left field. Okay. And who is the left fielder that is going back against the wall to to catch that ball and to maybe throw? throw out the runner tagging up on third base for the go-ahead run
2: uh dan gladden
1: not dan gladden i was going for alejandro valverde baseball player extraordinaire and one hell of an arm
2: oh god yeah those um those photos are painful but beautiful
1: (laughs) what am i talking about little guy you gotta help me deliver this segue into
2: i don't is this santa i don't remember what it's called it's crit
1: it's like the Santama crit in Japan
2: yeah, yeah it's ba- yeah it's it's like a it's like your regular post tour fake crit, but this one comes with all kinds of magic like baseball or uh, cyclists dressed up as baseball players because it's Japan.
1: So you had cyclists dressed up as baseball players like who?
2: you got G you got and Darren
1: Thomas's baseball uniform looked like what? I don't even remember, man. It was a uh, yellow jersey, little guy, because he won the Tour France. Verde, it was I know amazing. Had a
2: had a world champion one. I saw that. I just saw the picture of, of, of like, Kristoff trying to hit, like, a baseball off a tee or something. It was just... Sounds about right. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. It was so awkward that I wanted to look, but I had to click on him quick and then look away because it was kind of painful at the same time to watch Belverde try to catch so,
3: like, uh, uh, if Kristoff, if, if the tee was there right in front of him and everything was perfect, he could knock a home run, just dingers, like, one after another. But if the tee was just slightly off, <laughs> um, you know, he'd he just, like, foul balls left and right and just, yeah, you know, didn't well, have a real good excuse for, for why he couldn't uh, pull it off.
2: He was swinging at it. Here's the thing with Kristoff. He was swinging, and you thought it looked like perfect bat, bat on ball contact, and mm-hmm. right before his bat hit the ball, Sagan, boom, just came out of nowhere, <laughs> jumped on the stage and just smashed a home run, and yeah. and and Christoph just sort of fell over, his form got really sloppy, and you were like, oh man, I'm, that's too bad. I
1: got to admit, when I saw these baseball photos, yeah, yeah, they they made me smile.
2: It when made they, me smile. The Alejandro cringed, Valverde, though. cringing, dude.
1: Alejandro Valverde World Championship Baseball Jersey.
2: Oh, I want that
1: i really want that oh, it was totally the button up it, oh, it looked good <laughs> you don't know it's that, like
2: a, it's a like very classic old, old school looking uh baseball jersey i mean how cool would you feel that you go to your local baseball game you know you go to your you go to your twins game or i don't know do you have a baseball team in florida tim
1: uh we have the tampa bay rays oh, the tampa and the miami rays. marlins oh
2: okay i forget all those expansion teams anyway you go to your game and you wear your Valverde jersey there, and everyone's oh. looking at you like <laughs> you're a total lunatic. it so great!
1: It, oh, it's fantastic. It it the, the photos look good. Um, you definitely want to check those out. Oh but
2: god, it's so good.
1: The- with that, we've we've reached the conclusion of another episode of the Slow Ride podcast, and I would like to thank BK One of RhymeStars Entertainment for the intro and outro uh, music. I'd like to thank Grimper Brothers. Uh, for their continued support with the full Schleck coffee blend that you can find over at the wideanglepodium dot com. And I would like to thank all of our listeners who rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else. And make sure you email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail dot com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Slowride Pod. This is Tim in Orlando.
2: Uh, this is Matt, Minneapolis.
3: And this is Spencer, on top of the world, in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. bikes, advice, and rumors, straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast. Uh, uh,